Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Parenting Pathway podcast. This is Pastor Dave Coral, and I am here with a good friend of mine, Barbara Dethridge, who is uh, also our min- a ministry leader of the elementary department here at Stonebriar Community Church in Frisco, Texas. And today we are going to dive into just an easy peasy kind of topic. And I suspect we will solve all of the problems and answer all the questions, or at least Barb will. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm, I'm, I'm just the, the humble facilitator on this. But we're gonna be talking about legalism. Um, Barb has a, a great story that she's going to tell us about her journey um, from, through, and out of, of legalism. This spiritual journey that we're all going to is, as I've been pondering as of late, is, is mostly, the way God operates with us, is mostly through invitation. He's, he's inviting us. He's asking us to join him. And that pursuit that I, I can't avoid talking about Christianity without saying relationship these days. So the, the invitation from God for us to be in a relationship with him, that relationship is supposed to be healing and nourishing. It, admittedly, it is also confusing and occasionally frustrating, but a relationship with God is what we were in fact created for. But there's dangers also on this road. We're not alone here. Satan is always there trying to deceive us and attempting to get us off course. And of course, of course, he uses all the big sins, the the sexual temptations, um, addictions, lies, and perhaps even violence, all, all those for sure. Those are kind of the big rocks. But most believers might not be so easily fooled by those that would that would draw your attention too much to what he was up to so one of his favorite attacks is to try to to try to get us to believe something or actually things perhaps many things about god that are simply not true i top of my head i'm thinking like god is is angry and exasperated with me all the time or perhaps everybody or that God does not care what we do all that much, you know, regardless, he's just on to other things more important than me, but a time-honored favorite deception of Satan's is to, to, to draw us, to confuse us, and to draw us in to the deception of legalism. And I certainly am guilty of repeatedly stating that the singular purpose of Christianity is God drawing, inviting us again, inviting us, drawing us to to become in a intimate relationship with him. He's drawing us away from sin and darkness so that we are free to move into this intimate relationship with him. It's, It's the the very nature of of this relationship 
is a profound dependence on him. Now, you might even be recoiling about that dependence word because it's against our sin nature to be dependent on anyone, but intimacy in any relationship requires that we be dependent on another person. Now, legalism is a profound deception that works directly against this. And in fact, legalism makes that intimacy, that dependence, impossible. Now, it might be a little bit difficult to get your arms around, so I would like Barb to, to be the color commentary on this and to, to put some, some skin on the bones of this kind of theoretical thing that I just plopped onto the, the table here. So, Barb, you've, you've got an, an amazing experience of, and, and I don't think it's too strong of a word to say, an escape from mm -hmm. um, legalism. Can you fill that, kind of color that picture for us? Okay, so you want the whole story, huh? I, I, I want the whole thing. All right. So, okay. I was thinking about this and realizing that legalism didn't start um, like as an adult, um, but it was way, way even before I met Jesus. And that was when I was 19. Um, so I was the firstborn in a family and everybody knows the firstborn in the family does everything right um, and is really the guinea pig in the family. And so that's, that was a beginning. Um, also because my mom and dad um, were always at each other they were I never knew them to not be arguing huh. so they were busy with all that and they didn't really see the four of us <laughs> as needing time and needing approval and so I rarely got that from them well now when I got to school I found out okay if you sit still if you be quiet if you listen to the teacher if you study hard then you'll get approval well, I could do all that, that mm. was within my wheelhouse. So I did work hard. I obeyed the rules and got good grades and got the approval. Um, once in a while, I went with my grandmother to church and <laughs> unfortunately there, I found out I was not on the right side of God because as a child, as a baby, I had not been baptized. So there was nothing I could do about that. Right. There, I was stuck. Um, the only thing I did know is there was a children's choir in our church and I could join the children's choir. And I thought, well, maybe that'll help. Maybe that'll be the thing that'll put me on God's good side. So it was all stuff, you know, that I had yeah. to do, um, the working hard, the studying and being in the children's choir and doing a good job in that. Um, it was all just to make God happy. I'm, I'm, I'm already a little exhausted from all of this. Yeah. And I was just a kid. <laughs> How, is, how old were you? Uh, let's see. Probably when I joined the children's choir, I was probably fifth or sixth grade. Okay. So yeah, it was started really early. The pattern was set. I had uh -huh. to do things to get God's approval. And if you if you did the things today uh -huh. to, to gain that approval, what happens tomorrow? You still have to do more. <laughs> It start over again. It starts again. over. Yeah. You're zero every morning. Yes. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, God's pretty picky and <laughs> or at least that's the way we saw him. Right. Right. 
Um, it takes a lot to make him happy. So, okay, we go a couple years into the future and I finally heard the gospel, what it really was, and I accepted it happily. I, this was, I knew I was looking for this, um, but I also was only seeing it as um, being saved from my sin for the future. Heaven. It didn't really have anything to do with the relationship you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and so right away I started looking, well, what's my list? <laughs> what's my list of stuff I got to do to make God happy? So people had taught me in the church that I was going to, I couldn't lose my salvation, but you know, it looked like maybe they had a list too and mm. they started giving me the list. Well, that's, that's very interesting. Yes. <laughs> was it a, was it a smaller, easier list or? Well, I mean, it depends on how you look at it, but you know, it's things like you got to go to church every Sunday morning, Sunday mm -hmm. night, Sunday night do the, you tithe, you read your Bible, you serve in the church. Um, what else? You pray for the world, you do all the things that look really good. Yeah. That don't have anything to do with me and God. Yeah. Uh, you personally. Yeah. Yeah. It's just another list of things that I felt like I had to do to be the good Christian and a good Christian makes God happy. <laughs> so I did those, I did all those things. Um, I even got to the point where I married a pastor, you know, and by then, of well, course, that's got to, that's got to move you up on the scale. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're way up there then. Um, and I, in my mind, I'm thinking I'm pretty good at this. I am getting good at living the Christian life as far as I know what it is supposed to be. Um, and I was, Okay, so I was 19 when I got saved. Jim and I got married when I was 20. So I was really a baby Christian. Mm -hmm. And people would say silly things like, wow, you're so, you're so mature as a Christian and you're just so young. Wow. And all that stuff just built onto the legalism that I was already experiencing um, because it just, legalism, um, creates arrogance um and it creates um the attitude that you look down on other people huh. and really be um mean about it sometimes i think let's um, let's 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 talk about because this i mean most of those things that you just described are are genuinely good things to do yeah so the opposite of legalism is not not doing those things mm -mm, no so for for our listeners who might be confused like am i am i supposed to not read my bible am i <laughs> let's let's kind of define the the concept or the deception of legalism uh-huh yeah um like i said it was a list of things that you have to accomplish whereas the christian life isn't a list of things you have to accomplish it is resting it is um just being with god it's um letting him do the work um being surrendered i mean i heard that word lots <laughs> i surrender all you know we uh -huh. heard that over and over again but i didn't know what it meant um and i wasn't willing to let go of all that stuff my control of being a christian 
and just let God do it. Um, so in a, in a, sometimes when I'm feeling like I'm struggling to understand, I'm, I look for a metaphor because I think in stories and pictures like that. So this, because this is confusing, legalism, the opposite of legalism is not rebellion. Uh-uh. It's, it's something else. It's something long before rebellion. And I, I think of in a healthy relationship and a good, safe, nourishing relationship was, which, I mean, I have to use those, those descriptives because relationship can mean all kinds of things to people depending upon their experience. I mean, the, the very word relationship might, might be a triggering word um, because of the, the past relationships, dangerous relationships that they've had. So a safe, nourishing, <clears throat> invitational relationship, which is the standard. That's, that's what our souls long for. Within that kind of relationship, you don't come home to your spouse nervous that I haven't done everything I needed to do today for them to love me and accept me as I come through the door and come in and begin immediately apologizing. Okay, I only did half a list. Um, I'll get to it immediately. Just give me a few minutes to catch my breath. Um, and, and they're looking at you like, oh, for the love of, ugh, we talked about this yesterday. And so there's this, this fear or, or actually a constant sense of failure um, right. yes. that I didn't, I, you know, I had to actually do work today. I, I didn't have the, the time to do the list and I know I'm in trouble and I've got to make this up to you. I, uh, part of me didn't even want to come home because this was going to be so crushing and yeah. shaming and so that contrast that with the healthy, nourishing, safe relationship, you come home and the first thing you do is just greet each other warmly. I've, I've missed you. Um, and I might even say, now, I, I'm sorry, I didn't get whatever the list is today. I didn't get those grocery items. I didn't make the payment, all these things. And they're like, it's okay. Sit down. Tell me about your day. I've, I've missed you. What, what do you, what, what have you been thinking? What have you been feeling? What, tell me some funny things that happened to the list is it's not unimportant. It's just like 20th. Mm-hmm. Yes. That what you are truly interested in. I'm, I would be truly interested and in, I want to spend time with you now. And the list is, I mean, maybe we, you know, I'll run to the grocery store and get those few items so we can make dinner tonight, but that's not a problem. Yeah. And, but that's not the kind of relationship I was hearing. That's the difference between the legalism. And other people. I didn't see that in other church people either. I was, it was all everybody being perfect. Everybody looking good on the outside. And what? not not even knowing that you could have that kind of relationship yeah it was 
And I did get to those points where um, I would either be angry with God um, because I can't keep this up or hiding from him and not coming to him. And um, so there would be long periods of time when I was going to church, I still looked the picture of what I I thought it was supposed to look like. But there was nothing going on between me and God because I was afraid of him. I was, I knew that I hadn't done all that stuff that I was supposed to do. And so oh. hiding from him, like Adam and Eve in the garden was what I was doing. Right. That this, this, this sense of, I need to perform mm-hmm. was pushing you away from the relationship. Right. Yes. It was, I, you said the word perfectionist and I'm now you're the eldest in your family. I'm the youngest. <laughs> so um, my, my tendencies are not at all legal. Like right. I don't have the energy. <laughs> I, I would never for a moment think I could pull it off. Mm-hmm. So um, I would have to, you know, migrate to some other sin or yep. deception, but the, the word perfectionist, which I, again, I could not aspire to cause I just, I never could pull it off. I have thought and in my experience in my life, I have come to, and this might be a little bit harsh, so you fill me in, but a perfectionist is a synonym with someone with no relationships. Yeah, that could be. Because, yeah. and I've heard, I've heard, people, I've heard people say, I'm, I'm harder on myself than on anybody else. that's level two deception now now you're saying i'm i'm giving everybody else slack but but i'm hard on myself and that's good well nobody wants to be my experience in legalism is that if i i'm hard on myself i was harder on other people you yeah i think there's a level two deception there like nobody loves you for being hard on yourself that, that doesn't make draw me to you. That uh-huh. just makes me like, oh my gosh, either I can't do what, what, what she's doing or what she's doing shames me so much. Uh-huh. But, and I can't keep up. And you know, when you have people come over that are perfectionists, you're like, oh, my house is not going to be okay for them. This dinner, we can't do hot dogs. They're going to, uh, they ruin it for you. <laughs> yes. Yes, so, and Jim and I have stories from times where we were so obnoxious about our list and we did stupid things and made people feel uncomfortable and then had to go back and apologize years later, you know, humiliated because we had done such silly things in the name of uh, trying to be perfect, trying to do what we thought God wanted when we just didn't understand it all. And the, the crazy thing to me, and again, I'm not prone to perfection. I, I really don't have the discipline to, to even try to be a perfectionist, but the deception for a perfectionist is if I have everything perfect, everybody will love me for it. <laughs> yeah, but, I guess so. but that's not, that's not true. If you present yourself as genuinely doing everything well and right 
nobody wants to go to your house no and they sure don't want to invite you over to their house mm-hmm. and i i have a friend here at the church that you know when her when her mom comes to visit there's weeks of preparation <laughs> she has to hire a window washer she has to paint the room you know it's and i think that would break the heart of the person who's wanting to come visit and be with you know her child her adult child but if you're listening now and you're thinking i if i just do everything perfect that will make everybody around me feel good and safe and and loved because i've tried so hard that's a deception mm-hmm. and and legalism kind of makes the world look like that but but for god not only am i just trying to be a perfectionist i I have to do this with god i'm thinking as you're saying that about how other people see that legalist i'm thinking about how god sees them and how it must break his heart that here i am busy trying to do it myself trying to be perfect and God just wants us to just open our hands <laughs> and let it go and admit who we really are and let him do it and let him love us instead of being that big bad guy in the sky that's going to knock me down when I do it wrong. Well, I just I just got the picture in my head of Andy Griffith and Opie. And Opie's barefoot and they're carrying a bamboo pole and they're going to they're going fishing together and it doesn't that just make everybody like oh i want to be opie <laughs> that's what well i that's the relationship god wants with us yeah we're just gonna walk and and talk and not and just be together mm-hmm. and i think that's what god is inviting us to constantly yeah and and we use the word already once but the and you just triggered me off with it, but that I'm doing it by myself, that the independence that is required by a perfectionist, or in this case, a legalist, is diametrically opposed to an intimate relationship. Yes, it is. Yeah. So I'm sorry, you triggered me and I, right. <laughs> I, had, to, I had to pop off. I'm, I'm okay now. I'm better. Go ahead. Uh, well, that's, that's where I was for a very, very long time. Um, there were a couple of times where, um, you know, the tradition I was brought it up in after I became a Christian was not one where, where you talk with God and it wasn't where he talks to you. Yes, you pray, but it's not, it didn't feel like a conversation like you and I are having. It was me praying at God. A duty? Hmm? A duty? Yes, definitely. Like you're supposed to pray. Yes, it's on the list. But it doesn't help you. It doesn't nourish you. No. So there were two times um, I had a miscarriage and I remember feeling extremely helpless and lonely um, and I felt like there was a whisper from God, mm. but it kind of scared me a little bit because you're not supposed to hear whispers. From mm-hmm. God. <laughs> and for, for our listeners, Barb and I both disagree with that. So 
you are supposed <laughs> yeah, to, but <laughs> yes. So go, go ahead, continue, yeah. please. And then there was a, a time much later when my mother died um, and um, there was a louder <laughs> whisper or uh -huh. a longer one um, that made me wonder a little bit what's going on and maybe things aren't the way that I have been living and maybe, uh -huh. maybe there is something else. And then there came another point where I realized um, my prayer is just a, an item on the list. And I don't think that's the way a Christian is supposed to pray or yeah. you know, well, let's get rid of the supposed to, but that that's not part of the part of the way it's supposed to be. And I remember reading um, the Lord's prayer and reading the version of it that has um, the disciples asking Jesus to uh -huh. teach them to pray before he gives them the Lord's prayer. And I thought, well, I've never done that. I've never asked Jesus to teach me to pray. I wonder would he I mean yeah. this is where I was I, I wasn't even sure that he would answer a prayer like that when it's in the bible uh -huh. <laughs> it's that's obvious he wants to answer that prayer yeah and when he began to answer that prayer that's when the real change started to happen and I really began to understand what this thing is that we call a relationship with him that it's not it's not him waiting to smack me back in the line. It's right. him and me talking together and being together and loving each other and enjoying each other. That, that is such the, the fulcrum of this. The, and depending upon the tradition that you were brought up in and, you know, it's, it's the, the topic of jokes, you know, the, the kid raised by a Jewish mother or someone raised in a Catholic, you know, home and the nuns at school that were wrapping them with rulers and, you know, Baptists have that reputation too. And I mean, we, we use them, you know, topically for, for jokes about how we were overly burdened. Um, I, I grew up with the sense that what God cared most about was my behavior. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you're good, then everything will go well for you. Right. Isn't and that the way it's supposed to be? <laughs> it seems like it. And 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 it's kind of the world. In fact, you know, I was just listening to a an, an audiobook talking about Job. And you know, that's what Job's friends were arguing. This, this bad thing is only happening to you because you did something. You deserve this. Mm -hmm. And the whole book of Job is telling us that is absolutely wrong. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's the point. And in the fact that the author that I was listening to said Job was actually afflicted because he was righteous. Yeah. Yeah. God set it up because he was doing well and, and obedience and, and serving him. But, but the relationship, which is just the most powerful word to me these days, yeah. I, I think in way of, in, in preparation for this, you and I have talked about, you know, what about self-diagnosing mm -hmm. as, a, as a legalist? And, you know, I'm not sure either of us are convinced that that's possible because 
yeah. there, are, there are things you cannot self-diagnose because you're in it. Yeah, Jim and I talked about this the other night and we were both, I, I, we wouldn't have called ourselves legalists. We would have just said the other people are just- Not, not, not trying as, enough. Not as good as, as yes. That. yes. Covering it up as we were. I, I thought of that. Yeah. No legalist calls himself a legalist. No, no. But that, and I, I have pondered this question too, because it, you know, it bothers me. Like I want people to be able to know mm-hmm. if I'm in this. Yeah. I, I think you might have to be toward the end of it. So yeah. that one of the things is this doesn't work. Yes. <laughs> I'm exhausted. Uh-huh. I, I, I'm about ready to cash the whole thing in. I mean, that would, I think that would be an indication yeah. be, because the relationship that we're invited to with God that David speaks about with, with beauty and, and metaphors of sheep and leads me to green pastures. And I mean, it's just, throughout scripture david's perhaps the best storyteller about it mm-hmm. we're supposed to be nourished yeah. we're supposed to i mean is it psalm 27 where i i long to be in the sanctuary which is a metaphor for in the arms of god i mean he doesn't really like being in the building is not what he wants yeah. most he wants to be in the presence of god because it's what he was created to, to be. It, it answers the, if it doesn't answer the question, it makes the question less important. I, I mean, Job had questions that never got answered. Mm-hmm. The answer was God showed up. And, and Job was like, oh, this is what I was made for. And, you know, my, not every moment of every day is the Christian life, you know, sparrows don't come into your room and help you dress in the morning and you know it, it's Not it's <laughs> no 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 it's it's challenging and hard and and, a, and occasionally crushing mm-hmm. but we we get to go into his presence and be nourished mm-hmm. and receive love and here i i love you my child and you're doing great mm-hmm. and and when you fall down and get back up and look to me, God, and I, I just, I, the image of a toddler learning to walk, just, I can't get that out of my head. When they're toddling and you, you've got grandkids, when, they, when they're toddling towards you and they, they fall to the carpet, you're just, you start taking video. Like, this is the cutest. This yeah. is the best thing. Look, he's, he's doing five steps. He's never done five steps before. And you're calling everybody into the room and you're you're like come on come on come on come on you're doing so great it's it's adorable mm-hmm. not and smack the, down for not doing it well enough right <laughs> you loser you <laughs> fell to the carpet for the third time you no he's he thinks you're adorable and if you've never had that in your relationship with God, if you've never felt safe and nourished, even when people are being mean, if you've never felt that in the arms of God, 
the invitation is there's, there's it's available. Yes. You were you were made for the intimacy. And if all you have felt is failure and shame and pride when you had the energy to pull it off a little bit and then decimated by failure when you failed, if that is your Christian experience, you've not experienced Christianity yet. Mm-hmm. And the invitation ahead and, you know, shame on you for being illegal. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> it's please don't stop there. Please don't accept that as normal. The scripture does not offer that as our hope. Mm-hmm. Our hope is what your soul longs for, which is intimate relationship with God. And don't stop until you get that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And God wants that with us more than we do. Yes, he does. Yes. Huh. And I, I, I feel like people... Well, for me, I didn't just like the prayer asking Jesus to teach me to pray. It was, well, will he really do that? Yeah. I don't know. And this is the same thing. Yes, he will. If you ask him, he'll start to open those doors. Um, At times I felt like I was in a cage. Well, Jesus opened the cage door. Yeah. Yeah, he came to set prisoners free. Yeah, yeah, he did it. And he will again. It's not it's not like it's for somebody special, not not you, somebody else. Right. He loves you individually. Just he because he does. He didn't come to save high achievers. No. <laughs> he, he came to save people who couldn't do it. Yeah. Which, which is, is all of us. <laughs> fortunately, it's all of us. Yes. We're all in that that group. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, there's, I, I feel like it's a, there's an open space, a big open space that we're afraid to go into. That is the open spaciousness of God. And it just feels like, well, there isn't really a place like that, but there is a place like that. And we all long for it and we all need it. And God's inviting us into it. If you just open your hands and let go of the garbage that you're holding on to and let him fill it up. Which is terrifying. Yeah. Because if I don't, I mean, the very nature of this is I need to earn God's love. Mm -hmm. And that's on me Mm -hmm. to do that. So a legalist will say, so what you're saying is just do whatever you want and sin and God's okay with all of that. No. (laughs) You don't don't swing that hard. It, don't, don't go to the other end of the spectrum, because yeah. the opposite of legalism is not rebellion. The opposite is grace, mm-hmm. and we use that word. And I, I mean, the church that I grew up in, in my baptism class with Pastor Hoover, um, he said this once, and it just kind of burrowed its way into my soul. But grace is getting something I do not deserve. Mercy is not getting something that I do deserve. Hmm. And even as a 13-year-old kid, that was so interesting and kind of paradoxical for me. I, I, it, I've remembered it ever since. Mm-hmm. And grace is a crazy maker for legalists. 
Yes, it is. <laughs> so what you're saying is nothing matters. You could, no, 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 no. Grace is, I'm loving, I want to love God. I even, and it's a, your, your prayer to Jesus teach me to pray is a fantastic prayer that God wants to answer. Yeah. There's a, there's a whole category of those. Another one is God, let me receive your love because I don't know how to do that. That feels scary to me. Help me to not be confused by deceptions. I mean, of course, God is going to answer those kinds of prayers. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's just waiting for that prayer to be prayed. And angels, I'm thinking of Daniel, when, when he prayed and angels were sent. I, I mean, this is, this, this is what God is about. He's, a, yes, I want you in my arms. If you pray, to know me better, I'm on it. Yes, yes. If if you pray to be free from deception, angels are sent. I mean, it just. But it feels like I'm letting go of, of the rope. You are. <laughs> and and I don't know what's going to happen because I've held on myself all my life. And what happens if I let go? Well the answer is grace like god god will guide you god will take care of the stuff that you and it's not like legalism ever worked no no it it never worked um and when it worked and you said it when it works you're prideful and yes. you're you're harming other people yes <laughs> that's when it's going well <laughs> and when it comes crashing down around you you're just lost and ashamed and trying to figure out how to not draw god's attention to you because mm -hmm. if he pays attention to you you know there's going to be punishment coming yeah well that's the opposite of what scripture talks about i i when i sin i should run to god right run to him i i need to be cared for and in the garden when they ran and hid god came for them mm -hmm. that's our that's the story <laughs> so i'm getting all wound up here so <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll calm myself down i i think sometimes we we lack the imagination of what God is offering us, and then we're lost. I think that's a very important point, the idea of you not having the imagination. So what what does this, what is God inviting us to? We've talked a little bit about it, but you're you're a wordsmith. What help us color that picture? Okay. Well, I think um, one of the big things I was thinking when you were talking about the different prayers that God wants to answer, one of them is um, David asked him to lead him in his way yes. quite often. Yes. And I think we have to go back and say, okay, this is what I have decided God's way is. Uh -huh. That is obviously not it. So what is it? What is God's way? And I think that that's a time when we have to, let go of the rope um, and let him tell us what is his way. Let him show us. So it's waiting with open hands. It's resting. 
not assuming I know anything. That's a very humble prayer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. But so good for us. Um, and then God can come in and be who he really is instead of this person that we have made up. Um, we've made up this harsh, unloving God. And we have to reimagine that as the God he says he is. I, and see scripture the way it really is instead of what we have decided he is. Right. That I, I think that's one of the big rocks is as you talk with people, like, tell me about God. Tell me about how you feel about God. What do you, how do you see God? What does he look like when he looks at you? <laughs> Mostly it's, oh, I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, nobody wants to, the, the difference between him and us is so big. Yeah. We're supposed to feel small. Mm -hmm. But every time even an angel shows up and, you know, everybody hits the floor and thinks they're going to die. They always say, oh, fear not. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm here for you. And they, you know, usually the people get up off the ground and they're they're disoriented, but they're, this is a gift is coming. I'm, I'm going to tell you some information or give you hope and, um, or win a battle for you. So if your answer to the question, how does God see you? What, what does, what is God like? If it's, well, he's mad because, and I don't blame him. I mean, that's all, you know, like, I would make perfect sense because if you knew what I did yesterday, but that's not, that's not scriptural. No. Mm -mm. So the answer to what is God like is God is forgiving, compassionate, long suffering, mm -hmm. and he cares about justice. Yes. But, um, he, he doesn't want us primarily to behave really well. He wants us in his arms and our behaving well makes that work. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the behavior is important, mm -hmm. but it's, it's, an, it's an assisting thing for the relationship. And, and that's, that's confusing, but God looks at to anyone listening right now god looks at you and is wanting you to look at him if you do that and and with like confusion like i just i don't know but i i long to be loved and accepted god sees you as that toddler and he sees he's he's saying to you that is so adorable. You are so adorable. Keep, keep coming. Don't walk away. Don't turn your back. Certainly don't turn your back in shame. I mean, if you had a two-year-old who fell down and was mortified at his failure and turned around and started to cry and run away, you'd run after him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You'd scoop him up and, oh, sweetheart, you know, you'd I would blow on his neck because that's what grandpas do. And, and you'd have to, I'd have to try to convince him. 
no, this is not a, and, and I don't think any two-year-old would even think that because they're yeah. not burdened by that yet, but we are. Mm -hmm. So when you, what you think about God, and I believe this was one of Tozer's, you know, more famous lines, what you think about God is the most important thing about you. Yeah. And if, if you think anything other than God is a loving father down on one knee with his arms in front of him aimed at you and clapping for you to keep coming closer. If it's anything other than that, you're mistaken. Is that, is that too, did I paint that? No, I think that's exactly right. I love the picture of the toddler and, and God being so delighted when they're messing up. <laughs> Success and failure yeah. is irrelevant there. <laughs> yeah. It's all, it's all celebratory. <laughs> so I, uh -huh. I think that's that's what what Barb and I want to finish out with and and invite you to God invites. He doesn't kidnap people. No. He doesn't club you over the head even if you're really really bad. If you're really really bad, he's on one knee clapping his hands and saying, "You don't have to live like this. Please come to me for healing." Mm -hmm. And Satan says, you're so bad, you don't deserve any healing and God will punish you if you, go. it's a deception. Uh -huh. It's a lie. Yes. And legalism kind of institutionalizes that, kind of makes it seem super Christian. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> but know. it's a dark, dark deception. A, a platitude, it's a, from the, a dark thing from the pit of hell. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry I cut you off that's all right it's just something you don't have to live in don't live in it you don't have to you don't have to live like that any longer now to get out of that I mean if you feel that longing and we pray that you do the answer is not go take care of it by yourself no you just fell backwards <laughs> God wants you to fall forward Mm -hmm. and and what that looks like is coming out of that well talk about how you came out of that oh hmm. <laughs> well i think some of it was finally looking around us and seeing other people aren't so wound up about some of these things that we're mm. so wound up about they're not really important and they're made up learning to see the, what the lies were um and to let go of them and reimagining who God is. Mm, the God right. that I see today is not the God that I saw 20 years ago. Uh, I had no idea that God was the way he is really and truly. Yeah. Not the God who wanted to beat me up. Um, so when, when, one of the things that you just said was really, really important. Mm -hmm. You got with people yes who showed you there's another way yeah and god has put people in our way i can look back now and see oh that was another shift that person helped me shift a little bit or that book helped me shift a little bit it was slow um 
but so um, impactful, such a big change really um, happened over a long period of time. And I, I think that one of the things that helps me even today is um, Psalms because mm -hmm. Psalms are so real. Yeah. Uh, the people who wrote the Psalms, not just David, but they, they said who they really were and they asked God to show who he really is. And he did. Um, and we can go into Psalms with all kinds of emotions and feelings and let them be real. Um, and I think that was part of legalism was hiding all those emotions right. um, and controlling them. But David didn't do that. <laughs> well, and I, and I thought of, as you're talking about that kind of authenticity, Mm -hmm. Be because being a legalist is impossible. <laughs> you can't do it well. No, no. So you have to pretend that you're doing it well. Yes. And the only the only options are I gotta quit this because it's I I'm it, the whole thing is is designed for failure, mm -hmm. or I have to lie. Yeah. And it was a lot of lying. That there's no other way. You, you have to, if you're going to be a legalist, you're pretending all the time. Yeah. Which is also exhausting. Yes. The opposite of nourishing. You're, you're, you're lying mm -hmm. all the time about how you're doing. And, but yes, the Psalms are David significantly like god where are you i need you now my enemies are i mean it is raw and and god as david is falling toward god god has his arms stretched out to david and says keep coming you can keep complaining but just keep keep falling toward me and we'll we'll go through this together so I, to reiterate you found people who did not live in legalism and they were very important to both give you hope that there are people who live differently yeah. and they taught you how some things as you you know a slow progression because yeah. it's mm -hmm. healing mm -hmm. it's not magical today i'm this is all better and gone but you can't do that by yourself no no, and that's another thing a legalist tends to do is isolate themselves. Yeah. Because if somebody gets in their do clothes, they're going to see the cracks. Yes, the they're going to know you're a hypocrite. Yes. And your your gig is blown. Yeah, and it takes a while to um, be able to let go of that and embrace community again, um, and see the benefits of community. And, and that that new community needs to be safe. Yes. You like, could find another dangerous community and you'll yeah. be in a different flavor of hurt, of hurt. Mm -hmm. So don't stop until you find a place that is safe and that they're falling forward toward God and, and there you can be nourished. Yeah. And they're out there. They may, you may need to look a little bit. And you may have to open your horizons a little bit and realize just because I thought that those people were wacky and that I should never pay any attention to them. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. Not be right. Yeah, there's some yeah. humility for sure that needs to take place. Yeah. <laughs> so community, humility, mm -hmm. 
anything anything else that you recall too knowing that we I, I the more I um, hear about Sabbath and rest the more I realize that um, God had a whole lot of purposes to it and I think one of those things is rest requires us to let go uh-huh. and rest requires us to lean on him and rest requires us to be humble um, and to let God do whatever it is he wants to do. Well, and patently, it means stop achieving. Yes, yes. I mean, that's, that's yes. Sabbath. Sabbath is stop that. Yes, stop working. <laughs> and rest and enjoy. But, you know, ancient Jews and Christians have made Sabbath a nasty challenge, you know, impossible mm-hmm. thing to do well because it's just so exasperating and exa- well, you've gotten it wrong. Yeah, another type of legalism. Yes. <laughs> Enjoy the Sabbath. It's a yes. gift. It's not a, a duty. It's a gift to enjoy. And mm-hmm. and I've I too have been learning about Sabbath and it it I feel the longing for it. Mm-hmm. Um and I've toyed with it like a like a kindergartner toys with a dad's toolbox. You know, it's I, I, I don't do it well, I don't do it, but I'm, I'm toying with it. And I think God is just, yes, mon, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. This is great. This is Happy great. with whatever you're doing. You know. uh-huh. Well, thank you, Barb, for sharing your story. This, this is, I, I pray that this gives some picture, some allows some imagination. Mm-hmm that God is not the mean, disapproving, harsh, and maybe we've even had people in our past who have been like that. And that's instinctively our model. Mm -hmm. It's a deception. Mm -hmm. It's not true. And your, your description of, and, you know, I get to spend time with you through the week and I see your sweet spirit and i i it's hard for me to imagine you being a hard-nosed disapproving legalist but that's just kind of also gives me imagination for there's this healing is available it's and it's not an achievement it's a surrender Mm -hmm. just put out your hand and take it and god does the work do it yes yeah which is very confusing for you know achievers it's so easy to say the wrong words and think the wrong things well thank you for being authentic with us and for giving hope um and um just being sweet barb here that we all love and benefit from there's a lot of content on this website that you're on right now that covers a whole host of topics um, and we have cleverly called it the Parenting Pathway website. And that's parentingpathway.org. So as to not confuse you, I invite you to come and poke through. We've got interviews with various people. We have blogs, posts from a, many wise, loving, sweet Christians um, and you will not, you will not find a reason to be shamed. 
it is it is an invitation you you get to not live like that any longer you get to move toward god and be loved be picked up i'm thinking of the prodigal the father of the prodigal son i think when he grabbed the kid up i in my mind's eye i see that kid's feet in the air he, he hugged that kid up and i think maybe his sandal fell off because his feet were in the air that's what god wants for us he wants to scoop us up all we have to do is stumble toward him and that's what we long for that's the ministry we want to do here and we invite you to join us as we all just kind of toddle and fall and get back up and toddle toward our loving heavenly father as we're signing off today, I want to remind you, as I do every time, to please don't go off and do parenting, and certainly don't go do life alone.